Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I think this is one of the most exciting times in history. We've been, Heidi and I have been doing this for 30 two plus years in ministry, I'm telling you, you're going, man, Pastor you, it's crazy out there. It is crazy out there. But it's also on the other side, the flip side of that, one of the most exciting times. I've never been more excited about what God is doing and is going to do. The darker it gets out there, I want your hope to rise to the same level and go, oh, God's up to something. He is up to something. And I want to take you to the scripture. We are in a series. I know Pastor Nick started it last week. I'm going to harmonize with him and kind of take us, we're going through a series in the book of Acts. And uh, everybody say Acts. Yeah, it's one of those books that's not named after a person. It's not named to a people or a city like Corinth, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. It's one of those, it says the book of Acts. And that's not a question, like Acts a question. It's like, it's like the word action. It is the beginning of the church. And I want you to, I want, it's, it's like, okay, we're going to go to action. We're going to get out of the pew and go to work. It's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in community. It's going to start in Jerusalem and spread out. And God is going to show us some things in it. So I, I want to just give you just a little backstory so you, you kind of understand what's happening here. There is the 40 days, there is the crucifixion, which we just celebrated, the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. We call it, okay, let me give y'all one more chance now that y'all know the answer because... We just celebrated the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, and we call it Easter. Easter. Forty days go by. Forty days is significant. Forty days, if you think of 40 in the Bible, you can think of all kinds of stories that are wrapped around 40. Noah, the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. You've got Moses, who spent 40 days fasting on the top of Mount Sinai. You got Jesus fasted before he ever went public with his ministry, went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, 40. In between the resurrection, there is going to be a 40-day period where Jesus is going to show up and show himself to people, the resurrected Lord. Some theologians believe 10 Some say 11. We'll just split it down the middle and say 10 and a half. 10 and a half different times he's going to show up live and in person to show the disciples and others that he's alive. There's some famous ones. You might remember Thomas. Of course, we don't know him as Thomas, do we? We know him as Doubting Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. He just asked the questions that we would probably ask, but we're just glad it was Thomas that asked us, and we'll call him Doubting Thomas so we don't have to be called Doubting Eugene. So he, Thomas, Thomas, remember Thomas said, 
I, you know, some of the disciples saw Jesus and they said, he's alive. And Thomas said, I won't believe in it until I see it. Until I put my finger through his nail pierced hands and my hand in his side, I ain't believing it. And then of course we know Jesus is gonna walk into the room and say, ta-da. And he's going to believe. A doubter. You ever doubted? The season that we're in, where are we at? We're in between the resurrection and Pentecost. And then you've got, you've got Peter, the world famous, he's the denier. Remember, he denied Jesus three times. And then when the, the death, the burial, and before he knows, sees the resurrected Lord, he goes fishing. He goes back, he's, he's, he's discouraged. And he goes back to his old way of life. You ever been discouraged? There's always a tendency in discouragement to go back to the old things. I'm talking to some of you in the room. Yeah, there's always a tendency, I've been discouraged, I'm gonna go hit the bottle again. When you went through your freedom group, got free, stopped doing some of the things you used to do, and then you walk through a season of discouragement and you go, I'm going back to my old ways again. You ever been discouraged? I've been discouraged. And so you got Peter, of course, then you got Jesus showing up, showing up cooking some fish, and he comes, and he shows him himself and says, do you love me, Peter? Oh, you know I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? You know I do. Take care of my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Oh, you know that I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Restoring him back to the very place that he thought that he fell from. What a God. He'll restore you back immediately, right, to back where you started, right where you left off again. Some of you are discouraged today and you think, I can't get back to where I was. Today you could leave here and he'll put you right back where you left off. Discouraged. Where are we at? We're in between resurrection and Pentecost. And then, of course, we've got, we, we've even got, <clears throat> we even got a denier of who Jesus is. Jesus is even going to show up to somebody's house that has denied who he really is. Let, let me show it to you in the Bible. Let me take you to the book of 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 7. And it's talking about Jesus, the resurrected Lord, the alive Lord, showing up to real people to show that he's really alive. That's not a myth. Nobody stole the body. Watch, verse 3. I passed on to you, Paul wrote, what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, Easter. Just as the scripture said, he was seen by Peter, the discouraged, and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than... I don't know if that was a church that was discouraged. I don't know. He just shows up to 500 people at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by, and later by the apostles. I like what some versions, how they translate verse seven. This is how it says, I'll just tell you. It says, he was on his way to see the apostles and he stopped by James. What a God. 
that would be on a mission to go see his apostles and there was one who doesn't even believe in him named James who he loved and he said, I'm just gonna stop by James's house for a minute. What does that mean? Sometimes, listen, you might be discouraged. You might, have, you might be a doubter. You may even be a, den a denier. But I'm just telling you, he is after the one. He'll leave the 99 to come to the one. He might be knocking on your door today and just say, what are you doing here, Lord? Who is James? Now, I don't have time today to unpack, but I can prove it through Scripture. And if you don't believe me, you can Google it. You might have grown up in a tradition that Mary had no other children but Jesus. That's not true. She had other children. Joseph and Mary had children. James is the brother, half-brother, of Jesus. How many of you know, how many of you got a brother? Raise your hand if you got a brother. How many of you know if your brother told you he was the savior of the world, you'd have a problem believing it. You'd have to see the nail-pierced hands and the spear in his side before you would ever believe it. Oh, don't be hating on your brother right now. I know you got to explain him. That's who James is. James grew up with Jesus. Could you imagine growing up with Jesus? Trying to, he always minded mama. Always honored his parents, got straight A's, did everything the teacher said, like that. And you, every time you got, could you imagine Mary? You know what she said many times, I'm sure. Why can't you be like Jesus? <laughs> so he ain't believing until the resurrected Jesus shows up. James is going to later become one, not just one of the, one of the apostles. He's going to be like the chief. Are you, are you tracking with me what's happening? So where are we at? We're in between the resurrection and Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. 50 days. Jesus is going to show up for 40. Ten and a half times. Or 11. Or 10. A bunch. 500 sometimes. And we pick up the book of Acts, chapter 1. Now, I know Nick, Pastor Nick gave you a, a, a summary, and I'm going to take you just a little bit further, and he's going to pick up in chapter 2 next week. But let's go back to it, the beginning, verse 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Here, help me with the yellow. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Everybody say, the kingdom, the kingdom. So in other words, he keeps showing up and he's talking about one subject, the kingdom of God. Say it with me one more time. The kingdom of God. Look at me. It's about the kingdom of God. Now, let me help you. 
Let me put a definition for you on the board. This is not exhaustive, and it probably doesn't do justice what the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the, over the hearts and lives of those who are willing to submit to God's authority. Let me read it one more time. The kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who is willing to submit to God's authority. Is there anybody in here a part of the kingdom of God? Okay, let me, let me hear you if you are. Let me, Jesus is Lord, I'm not. He has rule over my life. So the kingdom is not, kingdom of God is spiritual, it's not physical, which means it's internal and it's not external. So when Jesus becomes the ruler of my heart, and to this day, 35 plus years, 20, 55, 35, 35 years, 35 plus, he's still taking ground in my heart. He's not done with me yet. I'm still a work in progress. I got convicted the other day of something I said. Why, 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 why? He keeps messing with me. He doesn't leave me alone. I said, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And he said, really? Let's see. And he's still working on me. Anybody with me? You're still a work in progress. It's about taking heart. Jesus comes to be my ruler. Most of the time, I've shared this with you before, 32 years. We've been marriage counseling for 32 years. Most problems could be solved by one thing. The kingdom coming to a husband's heart and to a wife's heart. They want to deal with the fruit. They don't want to deal with the root. Somebody's not submitting to Jesus. Watch verse 4. So once when he was eating with them, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of God. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, so do not leave Jerusalem. 40 days, go to Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Keyword, as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, here's the promise, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles, he's telling them, here's a promise. Remember that word promise. So we're going to verse six, it's important. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore? What's it about? No, it's not about our kingdom. 11 times, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. Okay, so we got a question, Jesus. When are you going to free Israel and restore our kingdom? If I'm Jesus, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm rebuking. I've been telling y'all for 11 times it ain't about your kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God of God. You're looking for external and I work on the internal. Jesus doesn't change the outside. He, he works from the inside out. Uh, your heart. Watch this. So when the apostles, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? 
When are you going to restore our kingdom? Now let me back you all up. Beep, beep, beep. Where are we at, Pastor You? We're in between the resurrection and Pentecost. I'm going to back you up to one week before we celebrated Easter. Anybody know what we call that Sunday before Easter Sunday? We call it Palm Sunday, right? That's when, that's when Jesus is going to declare who he is. And, he's, and how did I been there? From the Mount of Olives, which you look down a big hill. It's not really, a, it's, it's a hill. They call it the Mount. But it's like a hill, and then you see Jerusalem. All those pictures of Jerusalem that you see where the, 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 the golden dome is the uh, Islam thing on top and all that. You see, you see that. They're taking it from the Mount of Olives. And Jesus is going to ride down on a colt that's never been ridden, and they're going to be having palm branches, and they're going to be yelling something. Anybody know what they're yelling? Hosanna. Hosanna, which means save us now. And they recognized, they, they, they understood because they knew the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophesied and declared that the deliverer will come riding on the foal of a donkey that's never been ridden. So when they saw this picture, they were saying, oh, here he is, save us now. They were celebrating, finally, the Messiah, the deliverer is here. That's Palm Sunday. One week later, they're saying, Give us Barabbas! Crucify him! What happened in that? Let me, let me tell you what happened. You ever been disappointed with God? Pastor, Pastor Dr. Scott and I were talking about this, and he goes, you know, there's that song that we sing that I have a problem with. And I said, Pastor, Pastor Scott, what, what song is that? He goes, you know that one we sing that says, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. And y'all know that song? How many of y'all like that song? You're never going to, he goes, he said, that song's not true. God has let me down. He's let me down before. How many of you have ever felt let down, disappointed by God? He didn't, he let me down. And I said, well, talk to me about that. He goes, here's, he goes, God will always keep his promises but he doesn't always keep my presumptions. I get let down when I presume God is going to do something and he's going, that ain't the plan. I got another plan. So what happened with Hosanna, save us now? They were presuming, presumption, that he came to deliver them from the external when he really came to deliver them from the internal. They wanted to save us from Rome, and he said, I came to save you from sin. Are y'all tracking? 
Do you see the presumption? The presumption is he's going to deliver us from Rome. He said, that ain't, that ain't what I'm here to do. I'm going to deliver you from your sin, the wages of sin and death. I would rather do something e eternal, internal, something on the inside, because God always works from the inside out. Are y'all checking with me? So you can look and go, oh my God. God, are you going to make America great again? <laughs> I am not trying to take America again. I'm trying to capture your heart again. The kingdom doesn't work from the outside. And then you've got all kinds of people who are disappointed. Not because of God didn't keep his promise, because he did not keep your presumption. It's about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Newsflash. God is not an American. Watch what happens. Verse 7. <laughs> promise. I got a promise for you. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's going to happen from the inside. You go, Pastor, you, well, what about our community? Are we going to see... What about if we could just change these schools? No, if we could just advance the kingdom in the hearts of men. You'll never legislate morality. You, you can change every law you want to change. It will not change the wickedness in the heart of men. The kingdom has to come to the hearts of men. You want racism stopped and I want it stopped. You want it stopped in our nation? You can't legislate another law to stop it. You have to change the heart of men. You have to change the heart. I've come to capture the heart of men. The kingdom come. Now you go, so, so they keep asking, right? Are you gonna do, so when are you gonna restore Israel? What about our kingdom? When you go change the outside and you think, if I was Jesus, I'm rebuking them. I've been telling you ten and a half times, it's about the kingdom of God. That's not what he does, though. Look at verse number seven. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you So what is he saying? That will happen. That's going to happen. It will happen. It's going to happen. It's just you don't know the date and you don't know the time. Oh, listen, if you don't know the date and you don't know the time, then you don't know the instrument that God will use to, to make it happen either. Whew. You don't know the dates nor the times. I, I, I'll give you, I'll, I can tell you what he was talking about. It's actually found in the book of Revelation. There is a picture 
It's found in the book of Revelation. Let me just read it just like how I feel it, if I could do that. And I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse. He ain't coming on a donkey the next time, baby. He's wearing a big old white steed. He's coming. Whose rider is called Faithful and True with Justice. He judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven who were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What is that saying? Oh, he may be a lamb this time. Next time when I come back, I'm not coming as a lamb. I'm coming as the lion, the lion of Judah. And he will judge the nations. It's about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And then he just goes on. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me me just talk to you about that word power because I don't want you to misinterpret it. It means that not only will he give you the strength, and you're going to need some strength. And when I say strength, I mean the courage, the strength. We're going to need some courage. Courage is going to be your next superpower for the, for the days ahead, to have courage. Some, some versions say boldness, to, to be of courage, to be bold. You know, you know why you need courage, right? Because fear is there. If there was no fear, you wouldn't need no courage. You're going to have to be courageous. But it doesn't just mean strength. It also means authority. Everybody say authority. Yeah, you, you got to have authority. You, you got to have access. You got to have, you got you to have the badge. You got you to be able to go places, say things you wouldn't be able to do. I won't preach that for a second because I got to get somewhere. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If I was translating that scripture to make it, I call it O Town Isaac, you will see power when the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive strength and authority on you when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to tell everybody everywhere in Opelousas, throughout Port Barry over in Crot Springs, and even to the ends of the earth. To tell people, let me tell you what's happened to me. A witness. Let me tell you what I've seen. 
Let me tell you what's been happening in my life. Let me tell you about, I met somebody. Oh, you met somebody? Yeah, I'm in a relationship now. Oh, really? You're in a relationship? Well, congratulations. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's captured my heart. Oh, he's changed my life. He's delivered me. He set me free. The strength and authority, not only to come and see, but to go and tell. After saying this, verse 9, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. So Jesus, this is his last words, right? This is the last thing he said to them. Acts 1.8. You're going to receive power, witnesses, telling everybody to the ends of the earth. And now he just dissipates up in a cloud. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday, Revelation 19, he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. He is coming back. Touch your neighbor and say, he's coming back. <laughs> The apostles, verse 12, returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas. And they all met together and were constantly United in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several of other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Give me just a few moments to talk about united. Everybody say unity. United in prayer. I love what Acts 1.14 says in the paraphrase version. It's a paraphrase, the, the, the Passion Translation, paraphrased. All of them were united in prayer. They were gripped with one passion. Everybody say one. One passion. Interceding night and day. What do you think that one passion was? The kingdom of God. Where are we at? We're between resurrection and Pentecost. Let's just, let's just do what they did. Let, let's let's we go, wow, that's where we're at. That's where they were at. If, if the culture is exactly the same, Pastor Nick shared it with you last week, the spirit of Rome. And if, the, if it's true, Pastor Nick said last week, Dr. Darius, I've heard him say the same thing before. He said, look, the more the world looks like Rome, the more the church needs to look like Acts. When you go restore our kingdom, I ain't going to restore the kingdom. That's another day. That's another hour. That's another time. I'm worried about restoring the kingdom of God, capturing the hearts of men again. One heart, one passion, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. He's talking to you today. He's talking to you. He's saying, this ain't a time to play. This ain't, this ain't a time to tempt fate. This isn't a time. This isn't a time to go, well, I can still do both. This is a time to either sell out 
It's the time to go, Lord, you got it all. I'm giving it all to you. Where are they at? And so I want to make sure when they were waiting in the upper room, I just want to make sure we, number one, so if I could give you just three practical points, let's wait for it. Let's wait for it. Let's wait for it. Let's wait for what? The promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit. It's still a promise for you and me. It isn't a promise for them at that moment. It's a promise for us right now. It is let's, 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 the strength and the authority to be his witnesses. I want you to make sure you picture this. They weren't waiting like in a doctor's office. You know what you do in a doctor's office. Uh, let me check my phone. Let me read a magazine. Nobody reads magazines anymore, but let me read something on here. No, they weren't waiting there. They, they, they were like a woman who was waiting. You know, like a woman who's pregnant. In fact, we don't call a woman who's pregnant, she waiting to have a baby. No, what do we say? She's expecting. So when they were waiting, what were they doing? They were expecting. They were waiting for the promise, expecting it to come. They remembered that he had made a promise, and they were there. Not the presumption, but the promise. He made a promise. Wait for it. It's coming. I promise you. How many think God? He's a promise-keeping God. It's not the presumption. Victor, help me out. Wait for it. Let me give you number two. We're waiting for it. Say, I'm waiting. I'm expecting. We say, I, I, I want the Holy Spirit. They're, they're expecting it. Number two, let's unify for it. Everybody say unity. Ooh, listen. Pastor Jacob always says this. I'll quote him. I don't, I don't always know what God is doing, but if I can recognize what the devil's doing, I know God wants me to do the opposite. Look at me. All hell has been unleashed in our culture to divide us. You just go down the list. I mean, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't on one front. It's on every front. It, is, it, has been, it has been to divide. A devilish plan has been released to bring division at every level. Look at me right here. Look, 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 look at me. I'm telling you. Listen to me. Listen to me. That devil is after something. It ain't build a wall, tear it down. He's got another agenda. His agenda is to shut you up. To stop the kingdom. If God's about the kingdom, what do you think the enemy's after? If it's about building kingdom of God and taking the hearts of men, then what do you think the devil's after? To bring division to the hearts of men. He's got another agenda. Listen, listen, look at me, look at me. If you think this is about R and D, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That ain't nothing but a Trojan horse, baby, to get in to divide the hearts of men. Well, if the enemy's trying to divide us, black versus white, male versus female, rich versus poor, Republican, Democrat, mask, no mask, and I could just keep going and going and going. Well, if that's what the enemy's trying to do, then what does God want me to do? 
Oh, no, he wants you to lean in a little harder and grab somebody by the arm and go, we together. We brothers. Listen, look at me, look at me, look at me. I don't, you and I don't always have to agree on everything. I'm married to Heidi for 32 years. Look at me. We do not agree on everything. But there is a, she just said, that's exactly right. I'm sorry, baby, I'm wrong 99% of the time. But that 1%, I'm going to get up here and tell everybody about it like I'm all that. I'm not going to tell you about the 99. (laughs) Wake up! (laughs) The Holy Spirit will! Because you're going to need His strength to do it. You can't do it in your own human strength. That's why I say, John baptized you with repentance, but I'm coming, and the Holy Spirit's going to baptize you again. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit because you're going to need the strength to do this because you can't do it alone. You're going to watch it. Listen, you're going to, here we go. Look, we need to reform the police. We probably do. We probably do. I guess. God doesn't work from the outside in. He works from the inside. We're getting to the spot now that there is only one hope. One. Can we unify around the one? The one that we're putting our hope and trust in. One passion around him again. Are you tracking with me? Look, 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 can we keep it raw and real? Y'all might want to stop the tape. Uh, Can can we stop the tape? Or can y'all edit this out? Can y'all edit this out? Because I I don't, can I just talk to O-Town for a second? Can I talk to y'all? Look at me. Some of you who've been around a while, it took us 10 and a half years to finally start breaking down some of the racial issues that we could come together under one passion and start drawing us together. And then over this last year and a half, there's, everybody knows the reasons. Do you think that the devil might be involved in some of this to try to bring the and instead of leaning in let me grab you even closer my brother from another mother we go you too it's a He ain't black. He ain't white. He's olive. He ain't American. And if I'll go towards Jesus, and if my brother goes towards Jesus, the more we go towards Jesus, the closer we get together. You don't even have to make it happen. Go, I submit to the Lord. Are you with me? It's about 
the kingdom of God. Let's unify. Can we unify around this? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we unify around that? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can tell you what's heaven like. Ain't no black section. Ain't no white section. Ain't none. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every nation, every nation. Can we unify? I can tell you what the kingdom of God, what his plan is. He, he gave it to us. He said that Jesus came to them and said, Matthew 28, all authority, here's that word again, has been given to me. I, I, in other words, I'm going to give it to you. It's been given to me so I can give it to you. All authority comes from somewhere else. I'm looking around. I see some of you men who are in places of authority in your work. Well, you got that place of authority because somebody gave it to you. Somebody gave it to you. I see the mayor over here from Turkey Creek. Are you still the mayor? You are. God bless you, sir. How many of you know the mayor got authority? Guess who gave it to him? The people. They voted him in. God. It all comes from somewhere else. I stand here today not because I have authority. I stand here because it was given to me. It came through my boss, my pastor. He gave me the authority. Guess what? He has a pastor who gave him authority. Jesus, look, all authority has been given to me. Go, make disciples. That may be just one. Grab somebody. Help them walk this thing out. He's telling us, let's unify around thy kingdom. Come, thy will be done. Let me give you the last. So he's going to give the church the promise and the power, the strength and the authority. And he is a person and he is called the Holy Spirit. And then let me give you number three. Let's pray for it. That's what they were doing. They were praying for it, expecting, united. we all in this together. We're all in this together. And then they begin to pray for it. I, I wrote a prayer for you. It, it, this is just me. This is me writing. So it's not like real flowery, like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But I, I just, and I don't know if we can put it, can we put it on the board? Uh, I'll put it in the back. That way you can take a picture of it if you want to. You want to get your phone? You can take a picture of it. I just want you to start. I'm going to ask you to do something. Let's pray this every day this week. We're going to go into Acts chapter 2 next week, but could we just be praying the same prayer together? That's called, search with the U, unity. Let's pray the same prayer together this week. I'm going to ask you to do two things. Pray this prayer and read Acts chapter 2. If you just do that every day, just go, I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to pray this prayer. Could, could you, would you mind, could, could you just stand to your feet? Can we just start today? Can we just pray this together today? Would you just lift your hands to heaven? 
It's just words. It's got to come from your heart. Can't come from my heart for you. You got to. You just got to say, Lord, this is my prayer. And this just. This just me. Took took me two minutes to write this. I just, Lord, here's my prayer. Here's my prayer. I just said, say it with me, Jesus. I worship you, adore you, and declare that you are the King of my heart. May your kingdom come to my heart as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, I don't want to just read about you in your work. I want to experience you and your promise. So I ask you to baptize me today with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, strength, and authority to be a witness to friends, family, and all that cross my path for your glory. May my ears hear what you're saying, my eyes see what you're doing, and my heart submit to your leading. It is in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just sit down real quick, sit down real quick. I got, I got three minutes. Look, 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 look right here, look right here, look right here. And if you'll pray that, believe it. Look, God's working on the other end. There's somebody out there that's going, I don't even know what to do right now. I'm so discouraged right now. I don't even know what to do. And you're going to be up in there praying, Lord, lead me. Power, strength. He'll make sure you get to them. You're going to be walking in your office right there. And you go, baby, what's wrong? I don't know what to do. And you go, oh, whoop, there he is. Whoop, there he is. God would use me like that. He's been waiting. He's been waiting to use you like that. And you're going to realize how many times you walked by somebody you were supposed to stop and you didn't. So you go, how do I know? If you say to yourself, should I? The answer is, you should. (laughs) If it even comes across your mind, go, should I just? Yes, I should. Pastor Eugene told me this was going to happen. And then tell him your story. Because it ain't really your story anyway, is it? It's his story. Let's unite around one passion. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Opelousas as it is in heaven. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we receive your word today and we want to just do business today. If there's some here who just are far from you, Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. You leave the 99 and you go after the one. Christians, would you pray right now? Just would you pray? Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe today the kingdom of God could come to your heart. Jesus said, you can't see the kingdom. You can't enter the kingdom until you've been born again. I was about 18 years old today. I bowed my knee and surrendered my life to Jesus. I needed a savior. The scripture says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Maybe you're here today, and today you need to get right with God. You know it. He's convicting you already. He's not condemning you. He'll never condemn you. 
but he convicts us. His Holy Spirit says, you need to make a change. And maybe today you could begin that new relationship with Jesus and be born again. If he's convicting you, today's your day. Don't, don't pass this moment by. You've had opportunities like this, but you walked out. Not today. Surrender. These are troubled days and troubled hours. You're going to need Jesus and you're going to need his Holy Spirit. And so today I want to pray with you. You go, Pastor, how do I do it? It's easy as ABC. Admit you're a sinner and fallen short. Admit it. Be believed that Christ came. He died Easter. Died on a cross and rose again so we could have forgiveness of our sins. He paid for our sins to take our guilt, sin, and shame and see, confess him as the Lord of your life. Make him the boss. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. No one's looking at me. Would you just lift your head up and say, Pastor, you, I want to be born again. Today's my day. I'm not passing this moment by again. Would you hold your hand up high? I'm going to pray for you right now. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up high. Hold it up high. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see them. Congregation, can we pray with each one of these? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Let's declare it. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.